Welcome today. As my dad David shares from his heart, this short biblically-based devotional. David is a speaker, author, former pastor, songwriter, and founding director of Youth with the Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, and I know his message will be encouraging to you. Before visiting with you today, dear friend, I felt led to get up from my chair and gaze out my office window. As I told you early on, Kathy and I live in our home high up on a ridge on the edge of a forest overlooking the northern half of the beautiful and spacious Flathead Valley of Northwest Montana. The valley is bordered by the now snow-covered Rocky Mountains, the crown jewels of which are the Grand Peaks of Glacier National Park. And from our home, high up on the ridge, Kathy and I both find tremendous solace, warm comfort from the view God has given us during these latter years of our lives here on Earth. Every day we find a quiet healing of sorts by gazing out at the valley and especially at the mountain scene towering in front of us. I often think of King David when he said, I look up to the mountains. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 121, 1. David said that his help didn't come from the mountains, but from the creator of those mountains. But the sight of them served as a reminder to him, a comforting reminder of God's infinite power and greatness. He was reminded of God's protection, particularly during those years when he was on the run from King Saul and when his Father in heaven had continually kept him safe and cared for in the mountains. And so, when I look at the mountains, I'm inspired. I'm inspired to remember too. Every time I stop to gaze at them, I remember more things my Father in Heaven has done for me, for both Kathy and me. Among other things throughout these years, He's been watching over us, day and night, protecting us. Here are more words from King David in Psalm 121. He who watches over you will not slumber. The Lord Himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. When I look at the mountains, and when I remember one of those watching over us moments, I get that watery eye problem going on again. Maybe if I wasn't so thankful, that watery eye problem wouldn't happen. But when you experience the caregiving love of the Father, how can you help but not get a little emotional? You, you know what I mean? See? You do know what I mean. I think that, in my case, this watching over us caregiving that God does for me may be a little more challenging for him than when he's watching over some of his other sons and daughters. You, you see, I, I'm a tiny bit accident-prone. Okay, a so-so confession here. I may be a little more accident-prone than a tiny bit. Let's just say I've had more than my fair share of broken bones and wounds in my lifetime, 
due to falls and such. There was this one particular fall that I will never forget. Before starting that story, it occurs to me that you might be asking the question, if God is watching over us and protecting us, why doesn't he prevent us from falling and hurting ourselves? Well, that's a fair question, and I'll touch on that briefly after my short story, which goes like this. For about five years in a row, before the grand entrance of a worldwide pandemic, my son Jeff and I and a couple of his friends would head out to a Montana mountain river for a late summer fly fishing trip. Son Michael was able to join us on our last trip. Both boys are skilled fly fishermen, both having spent countless days fishing Montana and Idaho rivers. Their father, me, is neither very skilled nor very experienced. I know what a fish looks like, but I do love being their dad, and I love being with them whenever I can. And a fly fishing trip is a great way for the three of us to catch up on life, especially around the campfires in the evening. There's always a lot of laughter, always a lot of storytelling. Some are true stories. Oh, and Jeff Boy, as I call him, has got to be the best camp cook in the entire world. This particular trip took us to the Big Hole Valley located in the mountains of southwest Montana. Running through this valley is the Blue Ribbon Trout Stream known as the Big Hole River. This was our second time there because the place is breathtakingly beautiful and because the fishing is really good. I think it was our third and last afternoon of fishing before leaving for home the next morning. Jeff and I had split up from the others and had driven about 10 miles upriver to one of our favorite fishing spots. After getting out of the truck, I grabbed my gear out of the back of the truck and put on my multi-pocketed fly fishing vest, which was filled with all the normal fishing necessities. I also put on some special dark glasses that I'd never worn before. One of Jeff's friends had offered them to me earlier in the day. They were special because at the bottom of the dark lenses was a small, clear, and circular magnifying lens to aid in tying flies, which I thought was very cool. At the very last second, a thought came to me. I decided to grab a paperback book out of the glove box, and I stuffed it into the special large pocket which was sewn into the back of the vest. I figured that after I outfished Mr. Hotshot Jeff Boy, I might sit down on a riverbank somewhere and finish reading the book. So, after locking everything up, we each grabbed our rods and reels and headed down the path through the brush toward the river. Jeff led the way about 75 feet ahead of me. I saw him step up onto a narrow wooden footbridge that spanned about 40 feet over the top of a dry and rocky riverbed below. Less than a minute later, I would step up onto the same footbridge. My first few steps went just fine, but as I moved forward, I looked down to make sure of my next step. I looked down through the magnifying lens. Not good. Everything below me was a complete blur, and my next step went off the left side of the bridge. I suddenly did a giant sideways flip my left foot under the bridge, and I landed square on my back on a good-sized rock half buried in the sand below. Now, the footbridge was probably 
only three feet above the rock and riverbed, but at six foot two inches tall, my impact distance was maybe near eight feet. And it hurt. It really hurt. And it knocked all the wind out of me. I let out a loud and horrible groaning yell that instantly brought Jeff running fast back to me. And lying there on the rock and sand for a couple seconds, I honestly wasn't sure if I'd ever breathe or walk again. But by the time Jeff reached me, I was wobbling on my hands and knees. And after a minute, I was sort of on my feet. Still somewhat dazed, but on my feet. It was when Jeff finally reached down and helped me back up the embankment that I finally caught my breath. Dad, are you all right? He asked. I, I, I think so. Go ahead, son, I said. I'll catch up. You know, my fall, it, it didn't just hurt my body. It hurt my emotions. I was so embarrassed for not being able to walk a straight line across a stupid footbridge. Well, I took off my cool, dark glasses, jammed them harshly into an empty vest pocket, and after taking a minute to recapture a little tiny bit of physical and emotional well-being, I slowly followed after Jeff through the thick brush toward the river's edge. By the time I finally got there, Jeff was already more than knee-deep in the middle of the river, making his first cast. I wasn't in the right frame of mind yet to wade out into the water, so I sat down on the grassy sloped embankment to collect my thoughts. I'll conclude with those thoughts shortly, but first this. In the mountains and valleys of our lives, there will be falls, both physical and emotional falls, that can sometimes take the wind out of us. And with the falls, there are hurts, sometimes disorientation and sometimes embarrassment, sometimes shame. And the reason this is so is one, we live in a fallen world. And two, we are participants in a fallen world. We have a free will. Thank God we do. We can choose to take a trip outside our familiar comfort zone, for example. But having a free will to do that in a fallen world means we will miss a step now and then, and we will sometimes feel it. But there is wonderful news for God's sons and daughters. Dear friend, he who has watched over you in your mountains, he has protected you from even much greater harm than what you could have experienced. He has shaded you from the harshest of sun rays. He has saved you from the very worst of falls. He has kept you breathing because he softened the impact. He helped you to your feet. And think about this. You are still alive. As I sat there on the embankment, watching Jeff release a big rainbow trout, I remembered the book I had thought to bring along. So I reached behind me into the special large pocket on the back of my vest and pulled out the book. The paperback book was written by our pastor at the time, Levi Lesko, pastor of the renowned multi-campus Fresh Life Church. Levi was also, and still is, an associate evangelist working alongside Greg Laurie of Harvest Ministries. Levi's book was entitled, 
through the eyes of a lion. It's about his and his wife's learning to hurt with hope after the sudden death of their precious five-year-old daughter, Lenya. The name Lenya is Russian for lion. And there, as I stared at the cover of the book, I suddenly realized there was a very noticeable indentation, one that hadn't been there before I stuffed it into the back pocket of my vest. The indentation was an imprint caused by a rock protruding out of the riverbed, the rock I had landed on at the bottom of my fall. My Father in Heaven, the great watcher over me, had softened the blow of my fall. I won't know for sure. Not until I'm in the Father's house with my mom and dad and little sister. But I had never carried a book on my back in my lifetime. I haven't since. And I think that I may have escaped being paralyzed, or worse, on that day in the mountains, because of a God-inspired paperback book about a precious young lion and her loving parents, and because of the faithful caregiving of our Watcher. Dear Father, you are the watcher over us. You are the watcher over this dear friend of mine, one of your dear ones. Remind this one of your greatness and your power. Give this one eyes to see and understand the mountain days of their life and all the moments that you were there to protect them, to soften the blows, and then to help them to their feet. And give them the faith and the thankfulness knowing that you will keep doing this as they come and go forever. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.